Hi, folks. This is Sam Bush, and you're listening to 30A Radio. Welcome to Dawn Patrol, the 30A Morning Show. Good morning! Presented by 38 Cottages and Concierge. Yeah! <laughs> Online, 38cottages.com. Good morning, everybody. It's Dawn Patrol. We've got a great show today. Very, very excited. Uh, Shelly Swanger Photography set this one up because she actually goes on the road with this gentleman, and everybody in 30A knows Sam Bush, and we're so excited to have Sam Bush on the air with us today. But let, let me just go on the uh, resume, the Wikipedia page for a second. Some people might not know who Sam is, but uh, he received an American Music Association Lifetime Achievement Award for Instrumentalists. Uh, he's pretty good at the mandolin. He was player of the year, 1990, 91, 92, and 2007. Uh, quick question, Sam. Did you quit playing the mandolin from 93 to 2006? I must have. You know, they, <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. Yes, I do. If we're talking about the world of bluegrass, Ronnie McCurry hit the scene. Okay. He was a wonderful bluegrass player. Doesn't get better than Del McCurry and his guys. And did you get fired up and you just poured it on in 2007? That's I don't right. know what happened. <laughs> Sympathy vote, I think. That's Sympathy vote, turning a certain age. Uh, they, they found out the year you get your ARP card, they let you win again. That's right. That must be, that must be it. So I'm going to move into the other category here. Multiple Grammy Award winner. Can you give us a little bit of background on the albums and yeah. uh, things that you were involved with well, for the Grammys? The, uh, my three Grammys, uh, it's it's fun because, uh, you know, the Grammy is such a far-reaching thing. So the first one was, was for being uh, a member of Emmy Lou Harris's band called the Nash Ramblers. And because of her generosity in naming the record Emmy Lou Harris and the Nash Ramblers live at the Ryman, uh, we won a best country group that year in, in the in the Grammy voting. And that's, a, and you know, because Grammy voting is, you know, like a lot different than the way the Country Music Association might vote or who they were is the most popular and with the CMA voters. Grammy voters are a lot of worldwide voters. And so uh, I felt confident that Emmy Lou would, would win that one because everybody knows her. Everybody sure. loves Emmy Lou. So Emmy and the Nash Ramblers won that one. The, the, the next one was um, when I was in basically a member of the Flectones for a year. Uh, I think it was 95, maybe 96. Um, but anyway, it did like 86 shows. So Baylor recorded a lot of those shows for a live album. So the album was called Live Art. And um, the tune was one they had previously done. And it was really great. Howard Levy was back with the band on this one. And I played the fiddle. Uh, it was called Sinister Minister. So that one was for pop, pop instrumental, I guess. Okay. And then the third one was because I played on the record of the year that year. And apparently, even if you're the water boy, you get... <laughs> The Grammy on the record of the year. And so uh, I played on one tune on the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. Okay. So, and so that was a pretty big shock, I mean, to the system of the voting of the Grammys that year when, you know, normally a, a well-known rock and roll, hip-hop, whoever, um, artist would win the record of the year. Right. And so for, for, so for a record like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou and, and Dan Tominski having the hit song of uh, Man of Constant Sorrow, from that record, so it, it, that that was that to me a, a surprise, and but not lost on me that it that it takes movies sometimes to get certain um, music to yeah. the uh, re recognition of the uh, of the audience. That you know, of, of course, those songs uh, like Dan Tominski doing Man of Concert Sorrow can be played on the radio. That's obvious. You just have to get them on the radio. Sure. So it's not lost on me that, for instance, some of the things that were were. Uh, Tunes with a banjo, 
that we most have ever heard on the radio. One was from Bonnie and Clyde, Foggy right. Mountain Breakdown. The other, Dueling Banjos from Deliverance. Right. And uh, and then Manicasta Sorrow. So, I, you know, it, it, it is interesting to me that sometimes a film audience can raise the awareness of music. That album uh, just resonated with me uh, from the movie because I was in school at the time that that came out and Chris Thomas King uh, was in the movie and he actually is a, a fabulous guitarist. Yeah, and and, and, and the way the, the music is interwoven into in, through the story and it, it's part of it and the whole thing. It, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, he, was a, he played in Baton Rouge at the smallest For, venues. <laughs> fortunately, I didn't get the part of... Uh, I was I was up for like to play a part, and it's at the very end. And a friend of mine named Ed Snodderly from Johnson City, Tennessee, got that one. And he's he's he's, he's acting real crazy. And he's they're they're going down the street in a little street parade. It's right at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and you see a guy with a fiddle, and 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 I think they called him. It said Village Idiot Ed <laughs> Snodderly. So <laughs> maybe maybe that was a good idiot move. fiddler. That that's known already, but. Yeah. That's really, really funny. SamBush.com. Go to his website. And uh, how many albums do you have? Do you know? I don't. <laughs> I'm guessing. I, just, I started eight, counting. You know, eight, yeah. eight, maybe, something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, under my own name, of course. Yeah. And then that, that started occurring in 1996 uh, with one called Glamour and Grits. And um, so, you know, been, been with the Sugar Hill guy. But actually, uh, when I think back, the very first one I ever did under my own name was called Late As Usual, and that was in 1983 i believe wow where are you originally from bowling green kentucky and how did the music start what what got sam bush moving down the career well of, uh, our our parents love music uh yeah. mom and dad uh, dad played the uh, the fiddle and the mandolin some my mother played guitar had sisters that sang so we grew up on a farm tobacco and cattle so we were encouraged to get off the farm uh and because um, really if i wasn't playing music i guess you know the only thing i ever did was work on a farm maybe that's what i'd be doing but um so we were encouraged and also music was around our house our parents you know listened to records but more importantly listened to we were only 60 miles away from nashville so yeah. north bowling green 60 miles north of nashville and um, we listened to the Grand Ole Opry, just like the scene in Coal Miner's Daughter, where they're sitting around listening to the Grand Ole Opry on Friday and Saturday nights. Well, we did that. And and also having the advantage of Nashville television, mm-hmm. um, we my dad would climb on the roof and turn the antenna the right way. We could watch all the Grand Ole Opry performers. Uh, and some Like on Saturday afternoon, there would be, I now realize they were probably, you know, for syndication, these country singers' shows. But half our shows, so you'd have, you know, Bill Anderson had one, Ernest Tubb, the Wilburn Brothers, Porter Wagner, and my favorite was Flatten Scruggs. Mm. So, and I grew up, and, and looking back, and I was also the age where Ed Sullivan, you know, I saw all the Beatles performances on Ed Sullivan, the Stones, the Jefferson Airplane, um, the San Francisco bands that would be on. Uh, you know, Mamas and Papas, mm. and The Doors, and and Hendrix, and so you could see. So seeing these people on TV, um, it it now we have teaching videos, and I you know I even have them out on homespun videos from Woodstock, New York, and so getting to watch these people on TV that that was my learning videos and how where the hands went and and uh, amazing the doors that would unlock just seeing how people you know made their chord formations and yeah and uh, even though I was pretty good at picking things up by ear and and my dad got me started playing that 
those being able to see these great players was very helpful. Sam Bush have a YouTube channel? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. I might as well. I mean, yeah, that'd be good. Every, well, every, time, uh, every time you play a show, the next day it's on YouTube, and so you know that, that's 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 our world we live in. We'll talk about some of your shows that you do around the country in just a minute because I hear there's a really good one that uh, you're pretty famous at, and Telluride. Apparently, that's a pretty big deal. It's, so uh, let's, is. yeah. So what was your first band name? Do you remember that? Did you start a band when you were a kid and you were like, uh, hey, we're gonna get together and play, and this is our name? I never started any band. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I was part of starting bands. Uh, the first, I think the first rock band I joined was the Escorts. Okay. Second one, the Bittersweet. That one I actually worked up to. I was the bass player in the Escorts. If you guys would have merged, the Bittersweet Escorts would have been really good. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't Maybe like not. each other. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's but, funny. But, yeah, and uh, so rock bands, and, and the first bluegrass band I was in was uh, maybe at age 13 playing fiddle called the Grayson County Boys. Okay. And uh, as it turns out, my mother was actually from Grayson County, Kentucky. So it was, you know, guys that were all my dad's age, and then the kid fiddle player in the band. Uh, and the, But the band that, that I was part of starting, we started a little band called Poor Richard's Almanac, Then we made... We actually made a record, and it, back then, so we 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 taped it ourselves, and and you know did it in the bedroom with the curtain with your blankets hanging down to deaden the sound and get get all that done. So Alan Mundy on banjo and I and a guitar player named Wayne Stewart. So we made a, a record called Poor Rich's Almanac, an all instrumental album where we tried uh, we were making a conscious attempt to use our bluegrass instruments, mandolin, banjo, and fiddle. To, we were kind of playing like uh, Texas kind, Texas style fiddle tunes, and Alan Mundy was one of the first to do that on the banjo. So that band I was a part of starting, and and then after high school moved up to Louisville, Kentucky to start playing a band called the Bluegrass Alliance, and I was in that lasted about a year, and then the, the members of the Alliance we all split off to start our band New Grass Revival. Very very cool. Uh, let's talk about New Grass. Uh, that's definitely in italics on uh-huh. your, on your pages. Uh, explain Newgrass to everybody. Well, I mean, Newgrass for me is a real easy definition is uh, contemporary music played on traditional bluegrass instruments. But when you you know we when the when the term Newgrass came along, some people named it after our band Newgrass Revival, uh, and even by calling our band that, we 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 just felt like we were. Uh, kind of following the path that other people who already made a new kind of bluegrass in mm-hmm. the 60s, like the Osborne Brothers, Jim and Jesse, the Country Gentlemen, the Dillards. There was a band called the Charles River Valley Boys that did an entire album of Beatles songs about 1965 or 6. Uh, Beatle Country, it was called. Uh, but the Dillards were really great at, at, at expanding what you know bluegrass instrumentation can do or the way you sing. And but a lot of that revolve around the fact that you know people were writing their own tunes, and so we weren't just playing the ones that were played by Bill Monroe or the Stanley Brothers or Flatt and Scruggs, who also at the time were writing their own tunes. You know, their music was all new for them. It's just about the time we come along now, it's an established form of old time bluegrass. So we um, we were just trying. We were influenced by those people, and John Hartford was one of the people who influenced us too, and. And so we just tried to, and we were kind of the, we being New Grass Revival, we kind of took our our uh, music, uh, a lot of that was 
because some of us were interested in rock and roll and, and listening to rock music. And so we would take rock songs and try to convert those to bluegrass. And then the ones we'd write ourselves would be influenced by the rock and the folk music of the day. Super cool. We're doing the broadcast today from Seaside, Florida, just next to the song Airstream. And uh, it's just a beautiful day. Thank you, Sam, for coming out. Uh, we have a lot more questions for can Sam. Everybody, can everybody tell it's becoming motorcycle weekend here? It definitely is. It's okay, though. It's uh, You know what? Hey. It's, not, it's not raining anymore. I think it'd be fun <laughs> to be out riding a bike today. Yeah, it would be really, really good. Okay, um, you seem to have a really... Oh, first question. Next question. 30A. When did you start coming down to 30A and... Uh, Tell us how you got tied into the area. Uh, Lynn and I discovered, well, we a friend of ours, uh, he and I used to play with uh, Leon Russell together, Bill Kenner, had told us about, man, the coolest spot in Florida, and, and he had lived in a few different places. Coolest spot is Destin, Florida. you got to go down to Destin, Florida. So Lynn and I just, it was 1985, uh, about a year after we got married, and so there was you can round it off to this was kind of our honeymoon, but... Uh, we just took off driving down here with no no plan of where we would stay or anything, and and so I guess we we had come through Destin. We must have I think our first time we ever drove down from Nashville, we came through Pensacola, and then we came on towards Destin, and we just kept driving. And there weren't as many you know in eighty in nineteen eighty five there weren't as many hotels and Mm-mm. places to stay and. And we, we had passed a Holiday Inn or something. I says, man, we surely we didn't come to Destin to stay in Holiday Inn. We do that on the road. We do that yeah. for a living. <laughs> and um, and I, I just remember the first thing we we, we we had driven, you know, east of Destin a little bit. And all of a sudden, we came upon the area we now know as Sand Destin. And there was the water tower for the Sand Destin Hilton. Ah! <laughs> so we went. I think you could get the th- every third night off free, every fourth night for free or something. And we came for a week. And... Um, God, we just loved it so much, and and so it was after that. Then we started finding, uh, we, I mean, maybe we've missed one year in all these years that we haven't been able to come. Um, but we found, you know, then we started finding, you know, places in Seagrove or mm-hmm. you know, condos or houses, and and so uh, as much as much as we wish we could own a house down here, it, we. We need to keep it where we can come down here and where it's still special when we come, because it is. And, uh, you know, this is a not just a wonderful part of Florida, but our country. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, do you remember the first venue you decided to play in down here? Uh, well, we came down, we had come down, we had, I think we had missed the fall of 2002, and then I had an, ac- I had an accident and broke, broke the one of my knuckles on my right hand and um so i was i couldn't play for a few for a couple of months obviously and so we loaded up our aging dog and and came down and i can't remember we were i can't remember where we were where what part we were staying at maybe miramar beach because we found mm-hmm. a found a condo that would take our dog and so we brought the old oz ozzy the wonder dog down with us and and lynn was reading maybe a beat i don't know if it was a beachcomber or <clears throat> but a local paper. <coughs> Excuse me. That's okay. And um, see, she said, she read about a band that that liked newgrass style music that that was influenced by newgrass revival called Dread Clampet. And so it was that was a Friday, and we said we got to go here. We got, we need to go hear these Dread Clampet guys. Well, get, let's go. Let's go hear them. And we went to hear them. Left Ozzy out in our truck and and uh, went in. I think well they were playing the uh, the. 
I guess the Funky Blues Shack. Yeah. But I couldn't play with them. <laughs> I yeah. didn't play with. I couldn't play. My yeah. Mom, I was in. I was in a cast, and uh, but I walked in, and the guys. We kind of made eye contact, and and um, it just got real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 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 Duke was playing bass with them that night. Yeah, and, and um, you know, early Dred Clampett, and uh, so, and then by the time, I know I went out to the Red Bar to hear them on that Sunday as well. Uh, but still didn't get to play with them till the next year. So probably I don't know wherever the first place would have been. It would have been with Dread, uh, and probably I don't you know may may have been, it could have been the Red Bar. Yeah, uh, it could have been the Funky Blues Shack. So that that I'm not as as clear on where I would have first jammed. But I know it was either it was with Dread that how, I first yeah. would have jammed. How and, comfortable? And then that it? turned into the running of the bull, getting <laughs> right. to play with old bull, young bull. Then the running of the bulls. <laughs> That's hilarious. A lot, a lot of a lot of a lot of those nice spinach stinkies. It's a it's a comfortable time when you're down here and you're vacationing. But there is a moment where you're like, eh, let's go play somewhere, and you, you have your friends that are there, and you well, kind of yeah, be able to I walk mean, up and play, right? Yeah, we've been coming so long. Sure, we um, you know, friends with with with. Donnie Sundle and and uh, the Buku Groove and and uh, Duke Bardwell and so with with Duke I can I get to jam with Hubba Hubba and uh, and also the running of the Bulls and of course with Dread and then if you know never know Kenny Oliverio might be playing somewhere and you know Balder might be playing and yeah. or Kyle so um, no we just we just knew we were making um, friends for life. Have you ever dropped into Baldur's uh, music class at Seaside? You know, I'd love to just walk in, but that wouldn't <laughs> be fair, would it? I mean, <laughs> I'll guarantee you he's a good teacher. I just know that. I can just I can just tell. But no, I yes, I'd love to audit Baldur's, audit. <laughs> Baldur's class. That's super Except I'd funny. find out that all the kids know more than I do. That's funny. All right, so you play a lot of festivals. Uh, I know that you have one, one in Mexico that seems to be coming up, but... Uh, You've been going to Telluride for their Bluegrass Festival for how long? Yeah, well, this year, this coming June will be my 41st consecutive. Uh, notice how I was careful not to say my 41st straight. Right. That wouldn't be accurate, but, <laughs> although in a number of, for the last so many years it is. But that's uh, funny. <laughs> but no consecutive, and I, which is amazing because, you know, I, I feel incredibly fortunate, I mean, to get to go to every te- well, we we being Newgrass Survival, we got to, we started going in the second Telluride, so we got there the second year, and once again we made these pals that were lifelong pals, and um, and even the promoters have changed over the years, but we're pals with the old ones, the new ones, and um, it, you know that if you've never been to that part of our country, it, you know we we just. Because we drove in in the middle of the night. Now this is 1975, and and uh, the streets weren't paved yet, and and uh, you know there was one style modern style condo place where they put us it was like 4 a.m. We like to never found it. There's no there's no you know there, dark. there were a few street signs. <laughs> there was it was dark. There was yeah, yeah. street lights none, um, and as if, with all the mountain communities, no neon lights yeah. in town, and uh, so you know we. We finally found our hotel, and there was a note there saying, "Hey, Newgrass guys, here's your room keys." So, you know, they're just laying there, and we figured, "Okay, we we found our folks." That's and uh, so, Telluride's one. Uh, just this past weekend, as we're speaking now, we played at Merlefest in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. So, I guess that was my twenty. 
sixth, perhaps, yeah. consecutive wow. Merle Fest. So, and that's not normal. I mean, most festivals need, you know, you need to rotate your talent as much as I would like to play some of them every year. That's just not the way it works. So I surely feel fortunate that Telluride is one that I get to repeat yearly. And, and the promoters at Telluride, their, their name is Planet Bluegrass. Um, Planet Bluegrass also promotes one called Rocky Grass. And that one's in Lyons, Colorado. And I've been going to Rocky Grass for a number of consecutive years now. And when we, when we play Rocky Grass, that is more what, that's the only time we call it the Sandbush Bluegrass Band because we, we really try to, because Rocky Grass is a real, it actually is a bluegrass festival. Tell you right, it's called bluegrass. But it's, I've seen every, it's, I've seen amazing things there, a v- amazing variety. You know, yeah. I've seen everything. I've seen Bill Monroe and, and, and Ralph Stanley, but I've also seen Los Lobos and, and uh, Steve Winwood was just there a couple of years ago. It was outrageous. Uh, you know, David Byrne, Paco De Lucia, hmm. Little Feet, the band. Um, they spice it up a little bit. Leon, Leon <laughs> Willie Nelson. Uh, wow. Yeah, and it, it changes from year to year. I mean, that's where I first would have ever seen Keb Moe play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, it's called Bluegrass, and the townspeople, they simply refer to it as bluegrass. You going to bluegrass? Yeah, bluegrass. I can't wait for bluegrass. Uh, when in fact, rocky grass is one that is more. Tr- it kind of is an actual bluegrass festival. So when we go there, uh, Chris, our drummer, just plays one snare drum, and and we and we just we play we play old tunes. We do country gentleman songs. We do Flatten Scruggs and Monroe, and and that's a lot of fun for us to just get to feel like you can relax and just play a bluegrass set. Super neat. Because we uh, know how to do it. Yeah, you've done it a couple times. Well, and and, (laughs) and when talking about this new grass music, you know, I always like to say, well, you know, we grew up playing traditional bluegrass, and that led us to exploring other ways to play those instruments. And uh, so, but you got to start with bluegrass, and that's our fundamentals. And even when... And, 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 oh, yeah, out, out at the Telluride Festival, once a year we do a thing called the House Band. We, they just named us that because we've done it so many times, which is uh, Jerry Douglas, Bela Fleck, Edgar Meyer, me, Stuart Duncan on fiddle, and um, Brian Sutton on guitar. So we do the House Band. And, and with the, it's funny because uh, in the House Band, as progressive as we all like to play, this as a progressive type of music as we like to play, uh, bluegrass is our common ground when we all start sitting down and picking. The first thing we do is work up to some bluegrass numbers, and then the, each member might introduce uh, you know a new tune that they are bringing to the table that year. Awesome, awesome. We're with Sam Bush on 38 Radio. It's Dawn Patrol. Uh, let's talk about something that uh, just happened in Nashville. You've got a film that just debuted. Uh, that was pretty cool. It's called Revival. It's called Revival, the Sam Bush story. Boy, I can't wait to see how this ends. <laughs> I don't know if, you, well, you're not going to see how it ends, but. <laughs> well, I've seen it, but yeah, we, there was, uh, it, and what it is, uh, the, the world, the world premiere, but the first premiere anywhere yeah. was, uh, a neat thing, uh, in that it was done at the Nashville Film Festival. And so we got submitted and accepted and then we won like audience choice award so that's pretty amazing that's cool Uh, it was made by uh chris wheeler and wayne franklin directed it and um we first became aware of them when we went three years ago to a nashville film festival movie about duke bardwell that they made called duke and the king so we really lynn and i really liked the way that um the way they made duke's movie and how they presented him and and how his uh, when mu- when music was interspersed that they were using 
you know, current performances by Duke and maybe maybe with Kyle or someone else playing with him. Um, and so we, I, I don't know, you, we felt like we could trust them with my story. But, I mean, and that's kind of odd, you know, sitting in the audience watching yourself or watching others talk about you, watching yourself talk. And uh, it, 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 it's, it's an odd thing, an odd feeling. Uh, but I, why but I got died. some really great friends that were nice enough to, you know, talk about me on camera. And, and yeah. for the most part, they didn't tell too much dirt. Yeah. Uh, Got to have a little bit, I guess. So it's, um, we're, we, I feel with the film, uh, we, we've just jumped the first hurdle of getting it accepted at a film festival. So I guess the next step is to see if, you know, what more festivals might want the film. And um, then I guess there, there's there's few things you know I'm learning about the process of how this works and uh, so I, I was you know my my job with the, with it was you know the music part <laughs> and us yeah. playing and you know help, helping mix the music and that's the important part to me and uh, so we'll see what all distributors can you know what our distri distribution possibilities are that's the next thing we have to go through well good luck with that and there's a film festival that we do down here on 30 I know and, I think uh, it would work well here I know? think somebody would want to show up to watch that one and maybe just substitute out the fracking one from last year and put the Sam Bush one oh, that'd be yeah. awesome well yeah <laughs> that's kind of funny uh, you have a new album that you're working on uh, rumor has it and uh, uh, end of the summer midsummer. What do, what do you think well I'm not finished with it yet so um, I don't I'm I, realistically I, I can hopefully finish at the end of well we're in May now so uh, I can hopefully have it for the most part finished by the end of May or at least all my recorded part and then um, it would be I, I would love to have it out by the fall yeah it'd be great and, be yeah and so that's that's one thing that that the documentary can actually help set up a little bit the arrival of a new release uh, it, it, I, I think I said it, and I was quoted in, that, in the Nashville, Tennessee, and it said, "Yeah, Lynn and I are not going to become the K Kardashians or anything, but uh, if it'll help, if it'll help get some people out to a show and, and buy a couple of CDs, then then it's served its purpose." That's really really cool. We're with Sam Bush on Thirty Eight Radio. It's Dawn Patrol. What bands are you listening to right now that are out that kind of you feel close to that? I have to stop and watch those guys. If I, if you're in the area, you're you know whether it's national or, or locally. Well, well, I mean, honestly, of course, I get to play with them. So, so locally, all the bands I mentioned, it, it, yeah. Duke, Duke and Dread and Hubba and Donnie Sundle and and uh, Buku Groove and um, uh, around around here, Owsley Brothers, mm -hmm. I, I love those guys. Um, you know, I. I always want to hear Los Lobos. <laughs> I just yeah. love Los Lobos and. And um, hmm, good question. I mean, yep. heck, I'm 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 excited to hear that James Taylor's got a new record coming out. That's a good that, one that he's recorded, and because uh, it's you know it's that uh, hearing people that you've grown up listening to. So I, I still like that. I still get excited uh, if John McLaughlin puts out a new record. I'm, I'm, I get excited when Eric Clapton does and Jeff Beck. Absolutely. Sam Bush. Jeff Beck's coming back to Nashville, but I can't be there for that particular show. What do you think about a uh, 38 Bluegrass Festival? you think this area could uh, receive that well? 
Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's done great. Well, of course, the songwriting festival is successful, which is wonderful. You know at least one band that would come down and play it, probably. I know one that would like to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Familiar with the area, probably. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, that's very cool. That's Sam Bush on Dawn Patrol. Thank you for taking time. I know you were down here relaxing, and uh, somehow are. I got to you, and uh, we're fortunate to have Sam Bush. working out. It's a beautiful day, and we're just sitting here enjoying it. Yeah, uh, I have a suspicion that you may walk to Central Square Records and go see the guys up there. I, so. can't, I can't be within <laughs> eyesight of it and not go in. Yeah, and that's I, right. I want they've, to. Yeah, they've got a really cool uh, the record store day up there. They had some really cool albums that they still have available. It's really neat up there. Yeah, because so. I still I still like to go to record stores. We have a, a one in Nashville I like to frequent a lot called Grimey's and, and when, in, when in 38 area. Uh, definitely, definitely, uh, you know. <laughs> Support your local record store. Support the local store. That's right. So That's Central right. Square is just a wonderful store with a great variety, uh, great used records and 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 new. Hey, give them a free plug. Say, hey, this is Sam Bush. Support your local record store. This is Central Sam Bush. Square. Let's start over. <laughs> This is Sam Bush urging you to support your local record store, Central Square Records. There you go. They will appreciate that, and I appreciate you coming by, Sam. Thank you so much. Thanks. Dawn Patrol, presented by 38 Cottages and Concierge, with properties in Rosemary Beach, Seacrest, Seagrove, Seaside, and Watercolor. Unpack, relax, and forget where you're from. 38cottages.com.